Hello. You still hear me? Did I lose you? Casey? I cannot hear. If you and I are having a conversation, how many parties are in that conversation? Two of us. Right. If you would say, if one would say that a chat is happening, is the mm-hmm. chat happening with two of us? Generally speaking, right? Is the chat happening with both of us? Sure. Then why is it in your backward version of the English language, you have a chat to somebody? Every time I see that, I think that, let's say you, you had a chat to me. When I see that, that you, you are having a chat to me, that makes me think you're just giving me a monologue. You're just pontificating that, for hours. Where do you see chat to? I don't Where do you see this? I just saw it a minute ago. Uh, you say chat with. That's what you should say. That's the American way to do it. But somebody, uh, some British... Oh, I might say like I'm going to have a chat to Kate. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. This You're is too one American of those now. This <laughs> is like the fish and chips thing again, where it's like when you take me out of my contexts, mm-hmm. I can't work it out. Because now when I say a chat to Casey, it sounds peculiar. I can't think of why I would say that. Right, exactly. Well, that's also because you're talking to an American. So uh, my friend Alex Brooks tweeted, and he's, uh, he's British. Um, I chatted to a bot. It didn't exactly blow my mind. That's what made me think of it. Now, in this oh, case... Oh, yeah, no. Chatted to... In this case, I, I will give it a pass because... The bot is not human. It was probably effectively a one-way conversation. Okay, I'll give that a pass. But I have heard this many times. Oh, I, I'm going to go chat to Casey or, you know, hey, I'm going to go chat to John. Like, that. no, mm-hmm. you're having a chat with John. You're having a chat with Casey. <sighs> it's ridiculous. But something I just want to check. I just want to check this mm-hmm. with you. Uh, because I know that, that these things upset you. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason you do know that like if this is the way that people talk in england on the other side you're the wrong one you know that oh, right? yeah. i am well aware i, right. I well just aware. i just felt like i had to just double check <laughs> because just me case. and you have been having these conversations for long enough and i and there still couldn't have just been 100 percent sure <laughs> uh, that that you couldn't see that on the other side you're wrong <laughs> Speaking uh, our perhaps. language. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. Well, it, it, to bring this full circle and to uh, build up your ridiculous island nation a little bit, um, a good friend of mine and now co-worker is, um, is presently in Scotland. Uh, but earlier this week, he was in London. And that, see, I can't, I can't use naughty words because this is a family show, but that frustrating individual sent me a picture of fish and chips that he got somewhere in London. I couldn't tell you whereabouts in London it was. This fish and chips, if I could have paid all of my money to crawl through my phone screen when mm-hmm. I received this iMessage and and transport myself into the restaurant or pub or whatever that he was in so I could steal his fish and chips and mushy, mushy peas, mushy peas, mushy peas. Okay, good. Uh, and steal his mushy peas. I would have given all of the money in the world to be able to do that. I cannot tell you how good this fish and chips and mushy peas looked. I... Have never really been a fish and chips person. Oh, you are the worst. You are American. You really are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to gloss over a Stack Exchange uh, answer here about chat to or chat with. <laughs> I was just giving you a hard time. Is there actually like some sort of logic to it? 
that well people are debating attempting <laughs> so i'm just gonna put that in the show notes and, and our listeners can decide if they really want to find out the, uh, the answers as said in the stack exchange forum this is one of those things where i'd feel like i don't fully understand what stack exchange is all about well yeah it started as a nerds helping nerds thing with stack overflow and then it just kind of ballooned from there, which isn't a bad thing, but it's um, it's supposed to be kind of like, hey, so I, I have a question and then other people answer it and you're incentivized to answer and answer well. Kind of like uh, my very limited understanding of Reddit where there is some amount of incentive to have a good be that clever or be that useful uh, thread or reply or what have you, because I guess you get voted up and then you can get like gold or something. I'm not really clear how this all works, Who knows? but Who knows? it's inscrutable to me. But anyway, it's it's sort of like that where you're incentivized to not be a tool, and and so it, it's a way to ask questions and get answers, kind of like Cora but less cheesy, and Silicon Valley. Yeah, I have no idea how any of this stuff works. That's right. Um, to get serious for a minute, we have exciting, mm -hmm. well, not we, you, sir, have some very exciting news. You are branching out. You are, you are cheating on Relay FM, and you are starting a podcast somewhere else. Tell us about this. Cheating is a harsh word. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it would imply Philander. that nobody knew about it. Well, not everybody knew about it. But everybody that needed to know about it knew about it. So I'm starting a show on The Incomparable. She's kind of like Relay's cousin um, or sister. <laughs> you know, like, so Jason had a podcast network. And when it came time for him to spread his wings and start talking about technology, he brought those technology shows to Relay FM, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of had this understanding. It's not like an explicit, it's more like an implicit understanding that the shows go where they fit, you know. And Jason right. sent people our way when they may have come to him um, because they're technology-focused rather than pop culture-focused. Now, listeners of this show will know that I have uh, an interest in professional wrestling, and I spoke about it a couple of times on this show. Uh, it's kind of the end of last year. And that planted a seed in my brain that I have not been able to shake for like three months. And so, so you are starting a wrestling podcast? Yes. So coming soon to The Incomparable is a show called The Ring Post, uh, which I will be hosting. The artwork is incredible and it's going to be on the incomparable starting soon well this is super exciting who's the co-host i don't have one it's so just currently you. currently my thinking is um i have a, a handful of people that i know are wrestling fans um who i think would be good to join me on this show on a kind of rotating guest basis excellent so i i have a few friends um that i know that like this stuff um and i also have two brothers so you think both of your brothers might appear maybe they're they're both interested and i'm currently working out how to incorporate them 
in a way that I think will work well. Well, that's awesome. I didn't realize all three of you were uh, wrestling fans. I thought it was mm-hmm. just the one. We've kind of all in our lifetime floated in and out with mm-hmm. our love, but right now we're all very much into it. Oh, that's awesome. It, it was my younger brother that got me back into it like a year or two ago. And how much younger is he? Uh, he's 20-something. <laughs> well, so are you, my friend. Five years. He's five years younger than me. All right. So five years younger than me. Fair enough. And I forget how old you are because every, every time I think I know how I'm old you are. I'm 28. Okay. So that makes him 23 most mm-hmm. days. And then my older brother's three years older than me. Okay. God, you're such a baby. I forget mm-hmm. how much of a baby you are. Well, anyway, this is exciting. Um, so, so you're not just going to be having a chat to people by yourself. You're going to be having a chat with other co-hosts, generally speaking. However, I also want to kind of go out of my comfort zone a little bit and fly solo. Yeah? As well. Yeah, at least the first episode is going to be completely of have large sections of just me talking which is very different for me. I can sit and talk to you for 20 minutes without you saying a word and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're gone, it's very different. <laughs> sure. Knowing someone's there makes the whole thing very different for me. And and I noticed this the most when I was doing behind the app because that required a lot of narration. Mm-hmm. And when I would do narration, even... If I was reading or not, it didn't matter. I would make way more mistakes than if I had somebody on the other end. And by the end, to combat this, I would stream live on Periscope or Meerkat my narration. Because for some reason it helped me. But I won't want to do that with the ring post. Because the majority of good stuff that was in behind the app was the parts that weren't me talking. It was the interviews, <laughs> right? I mean, that was right. what the show was set up for. The, 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 the me narrating part was just to set up the next interview or to explain the conceit of the episode. Right. It was just the so, glue. Yeah. So, you know, the, with the ring post, the, the main focus of the show will be talking about um, what's happened in the week with topics and other segments thrown in, um, if and where I think that they work. Uh, but in, if there has been an exciting week of television, I will probably devote the entire episode to what's happened. Mm-hmm. It goes in ebbs and flows. Some weeks there won't be so much to talk about. Unfortunately for me, the last two weeks have been fantastic. And you're not ready I, yet. I'm not ready yet. That does stink. Really, there's just a few technical things and there's just I don't feel ready. Mm-hmm. But I've had been I've been sitting on the artwork for a little bit. I created a landing page at ringpost.fm, and I kind of was just sick of holding it in. So I decided on Monday I asked Jason if he was cool with it, and then I announced it to the world. Um, partly because once also I've announced it, I have to do it. Right. And how has the response been? It's been good. I, I don't really know what I was expecting, in all honesty. Like, I'm thinking about, like, you know, it, it, I'm trying to think to my mind, like, if I have 250 people that listen to this, is that a success? I, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, It won't be a success if you think about, if I consider the amount of money I will have invested into this and the time. But I'm also well aware that 
I have absolutely no credibility talking about this and that I need to remember, as I have done and continue to do with, with some of the video game stuff that I do too, that I need to build an audience in that industry in the same way that I built one in talking about technology. Mm -hmm. So with all of that in mind, I'm kind of trying to not set expectations for myself and basically... If people listen, I've won, you know, like just if anybody listens and the response has been pretty good. So I've had uh, I had quite good response on Twitter, really, uh, uh, to my tweet. Uh, I set up a paid uh, a Twitter account for the show, um, which is at ringpostfm. And there's 55 people following that account, which feels pretty good to me. For never for having never heard the, any of the episodes, I think that's very good. Yeah, uh, and I'll get back to the Twitter account in a minute because I want to do something different with that. And actually, the big theme here is doing things different. And one of those is I also set up an email newsletter as well. Um, this also all of this plays into why I'm excited to be doing this on the incomparable. Uh, over the last two years, we've gotten into a pattern with Relay um, as to how to launch a show, how to run a show, and how we believe that that stuff works. And a lot of those things are based on the data that we have at hand. But when you kind of get yourself into a situation where you have information and you know information, which means you think you know something's going to work, you become less um, inclined to mix that up mm -hmm. um, and also if we're helping launch shows for other people I'm not going to say hey you're the show I want to test something with right I just don't think <laughs> it's very fair to someone right so one of the good things about me doing this show on the incomparable is I'm able to kind of stretch my wings a little bit and try out some stuff I've not done before so a couple of those things are one announcing the show in advance which we typically do not do especially without a date that the show will launch. I've not given that because I don't know when that is. Um, having a landing page, which is separate from where the show will ultimately be, right? Mm -hmm. um, my current feeling is that I will direct ringpost.fm to the incomparable, but like I'm not 100% decided on that yet, or like if I'll to use this website and have it link off to the incomparable. I don't know. Um, and that might change at some point in the future. Uh, because one other thing that like I, I don't do is I, I never tweet or say anything about wrestling on my Twitter account, but the ring post FM Twitter account, I very much plan on sharing my thoughts and opinions about what's going on. And I know this is silly, but like in the last 24 hours, I've tweeted three different things about stuff. So I tweeted a link to something. I've retweeted something that with a comment, and I've also posted an opinion, which is the type of frequency that I might do with technology stories. But I'm doing them there on the Ring Post account. Right. Uh, right. And because. I want to have an outlet and, and this usually isn't something that we do on our show account pages, like just tweet thoughts and opinions. So it's another thing like, is that beneficial? I don't know. I, I feel like it might be like, for example, that the accounts that we have on relay that have the most following are the accounts that have either a sense of personality 
or that are managed by the hosts as opposed to having IFTTT just spit out a link. Right. So, like, that is a data point, which we already knew, but in most instances, it's like that there isn't a real need to have a Twitter account for a show, like that it needs to have its own following, right? But with this project, I do want that because... I want to be able to interact with wrestling fans openly, which is something that I don't typically get to do. And I've already been able to share a few tweets back and forth with people over that account who are interested in this stuff, who are maybe ask me a couple of opinions that I have about things or ask me the stuff that I'm into. So that's really interesting as well. So this whole project for me is kind of, it serves a couple of different purposes. It's letting, it's giving me an avenue to talk about the last thing that I love that I don't currently talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's also allowing me to kind of break out of my comfort zone a little bit and try and learn some new things about the thing that I do. Well, I think that's awesome. And I think this is a great place to do it. Um, I have many questions. All right, good. Are you prepared? Not really, no. <laughs> so I think I know what the first episode's going to be. Um, and, and I will be doing a roundup of the week. But before that, we'll kind of be giving my personal history of wrestling very condensed. Something that I've learned over time, I think, as a as a podcaster and as a listener of podcasts is not to spend too much time in the first episode Here's a top tip for you, everyone. Not to spend too much time in the first episode explaining who you are and what what the podcast is going to be about. It's actually not really that entertaining to listen to, I think. I think it's important to establish that so you give some groundwork for people, but not to spend too much time on it. So I would imagine, let's say the first episode is 35 or 40 minutes long, let's say. I don't plan on spending more than five maximum 10 i would although five minutes kind of feels right explaining who i am and why i'm doing this i think that makes sense especially since like look at this show for example we were i think me more than you but we were pretty bent on on exploring the interactions between your digital devices in the real world and that lasted for a handful of episodes then it just kind of became about feelings ostensibly and in some ways, just you and I talking to each other. And so, yeah. you know, if we had done this, and I don't maybe we did, but if we had done this long song and dance about, oh, we're going to talk about digital devices and how they relate and blah, 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 blah. Well, that ends up being a total lie, that, you know, after you put 10 episodes down and and you realize, well, well, this is actually what's what's better for the two of us. So, uh, I Again, agree. this is something that I have learned over doing all of the shows that I've done over many years is shows morph and evolve. And typically what you think they're going to be, they don't end up being. Yeah. I mean, Bionic definitely was exactly the same for its entire run, I got to tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean that one is not such a good example um, because it went too far. Like, it, just, it was just a different show. But, like, if you look at something like Upgrade... We ended up adding to the upgrade description that it was a show um, that was, you know, we always had in there that looks at companies like Apple, Amazon, and Google and how they shape technology in our lives and how it shapes our lives, that kind of thing. But we also added in there and how people do creative work in the digital age because me and Jason found ourselves talking about that more and more over time. Mm-hmm. 
so we started to change that and i mean it was like cortex too went through kind of a big change uh where originally the show was the description was kind of like every single week mike talks to cgp asks cgp gray or tries to find out the ways that cgp gray works right that was kind of the original conceit of the show um whilst we were building up what we hoped would last into the future which is what we have now where it's me and him talking about the ways that we work Mm -hmm. because when the show started out it was purposefully positioned to be more like me asking him questions right right and it has definitely changed from that and i think that's a good thing to your point but that's what happens as shows find their feet and the hosts become settled and you find the things that resonate with the audience yep so that's why i think it you know so I'm not really going to sit there and go like, this is what I think the ring post is going to be more. It's going to be like, I'm Mike Hurley. And here's a little bit about my background as a wrestling fan. Right. Because I think people might be able to relate to that a little bit more. All right. So with that in mind, let me start asking my questions. Um, you, You know, so you said, you know, let me tell you about my background as a wrestling fan. Um, do you feel out of place as a, not American, as much as I give you crap for being American. I mean, very, very clearly you're not. Um, do you feel out of place being a, a Brit talking about this sort of thing? No. I mean, it was when I was growing up, um, the WWF was as big here as it was over there. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, it was huge. Everybody watched it. You know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Like mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. watched it. Uh, but it kind of cooled down over time. I don't know what if it's popular with kids today, um, but I I know that it is as popular here secretly as it is as popular there secretly amongst adults. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, have you surveyed the podcasting landscape for wrestling shows? Have you heard any of them? Are they any good? Are there none? Are there a million? You know, have you have you paid attention at all? Wrestling shows are some of the most popular shows on iTunes. Really? Yeah. I never would have expected that. So there is a there is a fantastic article that I read uh, on Motherboard. Um, and the title was something along the lines of, oh, I've got it here. Podcasts are group therapy for, rest, for pro wrestling fans. And this is a fantastic article um, that I'd saved for a while until I decided I wanted to do this. And then when I decided I wanted to do this, I went ahead and read it because I hoped that it would inform my decision. And basically, the conceit of this article is, unlike many things in uh, a person's life, in an adult's life, wrestling is something that they typically can't share with somebody, right? Mm. So any other type of sport, any other type of entertainment, you probably know someone who enjoys it. The wrestling fan, it's very likely that you do not know somebody that enjoys it. Like in your current circle of friends or family, it's it's very normal for an ad- adult wrestling fan to be in that scenario. So what podcasts do for uh, wrestling fans is they give people the ability to listen to a conversation about that subject. Is this ringing any bells? Does this remind you of anything? Uh, Tech podcasts. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm not sure where you wanted me to go with this. The type of shows that me and you make, I think, hit a similar audience. 
of people that love nerdy stuff, but at a real deep level, especially ATP, right? Because you guys go real deep into some some subjects. And I think it's quite mm -hmm. likely that many people who listen to ATP don't know somebody in their day-to-day -day life who cares about the topics discussed on ATP, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I think tech podcasting is so popular. I think it's very similar in that regard, is that people get to listen to and and have feel like they're a part of a discussion. So this is why I think, well, this is why pro wrestling podcasts are so popular. And, and so to answer the other part of your question, I have listened to a couple of, of uh, wrestling podcasts, but I tend to not like them. Uh, and they kind of fall into two camps for me. It is uh, X or legendary co uh, pro wrestlers have their own shows, like Stone Cold Steve Austin has a show, for example. Ric Flair has a show. Like there are a lot of uh, big podcasters, uh, big wrestlers who have podcasts. Um, they're typically all provided by a company called Podcast One, who basically are a one-stop shop for celebrities. Um, and other people to, to you you know if you have a show on podcast one they effectively do everything for you mm -hmm. they sell your ads basically they, they give you all the infrastructure all you need to do is show up and talk and they'll, they'll take care of the rest is my understanding of how podcast one works it's a great business model um it's not so not so dissimilar to ours but different enough uh we don't provide as much as they provide in all honesty because the people that we work with know what they're doing with making this stuff. Where mm -hmm. I think the, the, the Casita Podcast One is it's for people that wouldn't be able to have them otherwise. Um, and then the other kind of uh, bucket that these shows fall into just doesn't match with the way that I like to listen to podcasts. Like the, the style that I like. Um, and it's this actually goes the same with the type of video game shows that I've come across and the game shows that I try and make where I just feel like the stuff that's out there is just too loud. <laughs> okay. Right? Like it is people shouting and screaming and, and it's like can be a bit crass in certain places or that's, there's explicit language and it's just not the type of stuff that I like to make and I believe that there are an audience of people like me who would quite like a show in the style that we already do them. Mm -hmm. I, I can understand that. I don't know if that's a good business model, but that's just, it's just, that's the only way that I could do it. And, and like with many shows that I've made, part of the reason that I make them is because I haven't found one that's like it. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. And I mean, you have a very refined palette when it comes to podcasting. So I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if this actually really lands in a good way. Maybe. Uh, but see, part of the problem in that scenario, though, is then trying to get it to the people. That's yeah. the difficult part. And Maybe I'll share a bit of this story as time goes on throughout this show, if you are willing or if people want to hear it, as to how I maybe try and build this up to be a thing. I'm willing to... You know, if, if I'm already doing things differently, I may be willing to um, share a peek behind the curtain that I don't usually do. Because I have less invested from a business perspective in this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you, it almost seems like you should uh, do a side episode of Thoroughly Considered or something. 
Yeah, we already did kind of talk about this and thoroughly considered. Like, oh, that's right, you did. Episode. I forgot about that. Yeah, we did an episode recently about the time in between knowing that something's going to exist and then telling people about it. And and if you've heard that episode, the in between time was the in between time between me having this show and then telling people about the shows that it was going to exist. Yeah. All right. So next question, you had alluded to, you know, your or you had said your brothers might be guests. Um, and you have you have alluded to, oh, you have, you have other friends that that would probably be guests. Are these people, these other people, um, veteran podcasters, or are they amateurs, or a smattering of both? Like, how is that going to work? Uh, there's a couple of people that have done podcasting stuff before. Uh, there's there's one guy that I, I want to be involved that has, is very involved in high profile video game podcasting. Um, and he's going to be involved from now and then there's some people that are writers, uh, and then just other kind of like internet personalities as it were, that I think would be interested in being on the show. And I also believe that I've not yet come across everyone that I think I will have on the show, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like as time goes on, more and more people are going to kind of come out of the woodwork for me. Oh, that'd be awesome. I hope so. I hope so. All right. So um, kind of semi-unrelated, is there an off-season for wrestling? Like, do you see this going year-round, or do they take a break after a while? It is. uh, WWE Raw is the longest episodic television show in history. I did not know that. Every single week. And so it goes on year round. It's year round every week. They don't they don't take weeks off. Like they don't even take weeks off. They have like Christmas week. Like they have an an episode in a new city in a new arena every single week. Like that, there is no break. It's that is, kind of insane. The production that is crazy. Yeah, w- one thing that I would like to look at at some point is trying to understand the scale of production at which they work at and, and seeing like, how do they pull it off? Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down now. The scale of production. <laughs> how does raw get made every single week? So I'm taking a look at the Wikipedia page right now to see if I can find it. The, the goal that they have like the record no it's not on there but it is the longest episodic show of all time on television because it's every week that there is no off season there are seasons there are times where it is more exciting than others we're still in wrestlemania season right now so it's very good right now mm-hmm. it's very exciting lots of things are happening uh in hindsight really this show should be going right i am i'm letting the busiest time of the year slip by yeah but you know you do what you gotta do it was frustrating that i couldn't get everything ready in time and it was partly just because of the lead times that, that i had to put on things uh i just was and also like i just wasn't ready but like mentally to to have the show started um and so now I've like decided to just let it go a few weeks to a month past WrestleMania because at this point it's like, don't 
launch one or two weeks after WrestleMania. <laughs> like, if you're not going to be there straight away, then let it go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you had mentioned your um, your brothers, and you had said that you know that that they were interested in doing it. Uh, you had just recently visited with your with your brother, right? To to watch some sort of wrestling something or other. Is that fair? It was WrestleMania. It was okay. WrestleMania weekend. Okay. And so did did that influence your decision to make all this happen? I had already decided at that point. I just okay. hadn't told them. Okay. And so you told them and they were or him at least, or were both of them there? They found out on Monday. Oh, fair <laughs> they enough. They found out like every, when everybody else did. And were they just like- because I I don't know really know why I was just like I was still working through it all in my head and mm. basically Monday was the day where I was sure it was happening so that was just when I told the world mm-hmm. well that's very cool um, my final question is another weekly show really oh this is the problem that I'm having right now so this is my main issue I don't know if I have in me another weekly show yeah, you seem to be pulling back from that. That's why I'm so confused. Yeah, but I can't think of a way that this would work otherwise. I mean, I tend to agree with you, but I'm just very surprised. Yeah, I, I think this might end up meaning that the show is more often than not just me. I, I, if I can make that happen, that would be really good. Yeah, because scheduling guests is a freaking nightmare from what I've gathered. Yeah, which is why, you know, I need to see how it ends up rolling. Like, maybe I do one a month where it's me and a guest, and then it's me on my own for the rest of the time. Like, I've not decided. This is it. Like, I don't know the format yet. And I feel like some of this stuff is just going to start coming out on its own. Um, But I think it... I have the day that I think I would want to do this show is a day where I never record. Like I don't have mm-hmm. a, a scheduled recording for it. it's Thursdays. Okay. Oh wait, no, I'm wrong. I record one thing every two weeks on a Thursday, but I record it in the daytime. Like I have time in the evening, or I could do it on Friday, which is a day that I definitely never have any recordings on. Um. But it's the tail end of my week, and the tail end of my week is quieter right now. And that is by purpose, because I like having that quiet time. Mm -hmm. So my feeling right now is whilst I am excited about this, and it is new, it's not going to feel like work for a while. That's true. So I'm just going to go for it. This is something I want to try, and I'm just going to go for it, and then I'm going to see where I end up. Because, look, maybe in like three or four months, like my recording schedule changes anyway like it's difficult to know what's going to happen to a show like nothing looks like it's ending now but you never know sure right casey you never know you never know no nothing's happening everyone nothing's happening everybody uh, but you never know right and and so i'm willing to just give it a go because do you know what might also happen is this show might not work yeah it's possible right like i might get three or four months into this and be like oh man here we go again this is a disaster mm-hmm um, and then I end up ending it. Right. I have no idea. So I'm just going to wait and see where it ends up going for me. Like, I don't I don't know, and I don't know how it's going to feel like work-wise, but I do feel like this only works as a weekly show. So even though that hurts me, like, I've really gone back and forth on that, but 
I just don't think it would work otherwise. So maybe my thing is maybe it's mostly a 25 or 30 minute show once a week. Right. And then if I have a guest, maybe we only do that amount of time. Maybe we do a little bit longer, but maybe the time commitment is less. And maybe that's the way that it ends up being kind of okay that it's every week. I think that Who makes knows? a lot of sense. And one thing I've found is, and I should not be throwing stones on this issue, but you know, here it is. I found that I am much more likely to start listening to a new show if it's under an hour and and doubly so if it's under half an hour um, than I am if there's another like ATP or a uh, Cortex where it's like hour and a half plus. Like I have to really want to listen to a new show if it's that long. But if it's a half an hour thing, yeah, I can squeeze that in almost anywhere. I think that um, less than the time thing, though, the bi-weekly thing is, is much better, the fortnightly thing, That's because true. when you hear about a new weekly show, you have no idea how long it's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, have you read my tagline on Ring Post FM? Uh, I'm quite proud of it, but I don't know if people get it unless they're wrestling fans. So the tagline is, a weekly podcast focusing on the entertaining sport that is professional wrestling. Yeah, that comma shouldn't be there, though. All right, whatever, Grandma Nazi. <laughs> the joke being that now it's not called professional wrestling, it's called sports entertainment, and so that's why I've gone for the entertaining sport. Ah, the only comment I've I had on it. this so far is somebody tell me that it's not sport. I don't think they... they, they they're so far off the mark yeah, there yeah, that I can't even not. see the mark anymore. Definitely not. So that's it. Ringpost.fm, if you're interested. Um go and check it out i would suggest you know when the first episode comes out just give it a go like i know people that listen to the pen addict that have no interest in pens mm -hmm. and it's because they like to hear somebody who loves something talk about it so you might enjoy it yeah i dig it if you if you were able to sit through this and the two episodes previous where we were talking about wrestling <laughs> then you might actually dig it. Yeah, you never know. Uh, speaking of short podcasts and people talking about stuff they love, um, there's a, uh, an acquaintance or a couple of acquaintances of mine, actually, that are local in Richmond um, that have started a podcast called Sam and Ross Like Things. And it ticks like all of these checkboxes that we've been discussing. So... It's typically half an hour or less, and it's two guys talking about um, things that they enjoy. And the the premise of the show is if one of them thinks the that so they each talk about something they like, and if one thinks that the that the other person's enjoyable thing is stupid, like let's say you say you like wrestling, and I'm like, wow, wrestling sucks. I'm not allowed to make fun of it. Like that's the rules. You are not allowed to make fun of it. You're not allowed to poke fun. You just have to ask about it and give it a chance. And I don't know, I'm probably not doing a good job describing it, but I've actually really come to enjoy it. Um, and it's just, like you said, short and people talking about things they like, which is usually fun to listen to. So I'm, I'm interested to check it out. Podcasting's fun, man. It is. You should try it sometime. Yeah. There's even professional podcasters out there. Apparently so. And they do things like this. This week's episode <laughs> is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, 
or online store. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort it's worth sharing with the world i was just talking about that landing page at ringpost.fm guess where it is casey Liss? is it at squarespace mike hurley it is it is at squarespace casey Liss? because <laughs> i knew what i wanted i knew what i wanted it to look like i knew what buttons i wanted it to have and i didn't know how to make it because I don't know code. It's just something I've never spent any time learning HTML or CSS. I don't know any of these things. Even if I did know them, I wouldn't know how to host it. Like, just none of it. Squarespace does all of that for you. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. I was able to choose one of their cover page templates. I was able to build just this single page website, and it's got everything that I need on it. They have beautiful templates. It looks fantastic. You know, I genuinely believe that if you go to ringpost.fm, it just looks like a nice, classy cover page. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's one of those Squarespace websites because all of their stuff looks fantastic. And you can have all of this backing you up along with their state-of-the-art technology, their security, their stability. They're trusted by millions of people around the world, not just me for this very reason. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you. Um, there was a couple of things that I wanted to check on how to do. Squarespace have great uh, documentation and they have great kind of support for forums and stuff. I was just digging through some of those and got things exactly as I liked. Squarespace is great. I've used them for so many years and this is why. You can sign up for a free trial of no credit card required and start booting your own website today. You just got to go to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up, use the offer code FEELS. This will get you 10% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting Analog and Relay FM. So we should uh, talk about one other quick piece of follow-up, even though we swore we wouldn't. So we're just going to um, talk about this link real quick and then move along. Uh, Jeff wrote to uh, you and Steven... Uh, mm -hmm. Did he not? Yeah, he wrote us an email. Okay, and and then did, did that turn in, did that turned into a blog post? I guess he basically published the email. Okay, so this is an online community thing, and all I wanted to say is Jeff is someone who has managed an online community in the past, and he's he wrote us an email with some advice and basically telling us why we shouldn't do it. He then turned this into a blog post. If you're interested in reading more about this stuff, go and check out Jeff's blog post. Yeah, I, I took a read of it, uh, I don't know, like a week ago, and it is very good. Um, and so it's worth checking out if you're at all interested, like Mike said. All right, so um, we have a potentially mini topic. I have a, a scary feeling that this might run a little long, so we'll see. But in theory, it's a mini topic. Uh, can you tell us about this, Mike? All right, so we've spoken about wrestling. Mm-hmm. All right, and now the gloves are off. I see what you did there. It's time for me and you to, to settle a score. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I asked for some Relay Your Feels questions. We've got tons of great ones. Keep sending those in. Absolutely fantastic. Jordan sent one in, and it caught my eye. And it felt like it was more than just a quick answer. Jordan's question was, what is one thing that you both simply cannot agree on or have opposing views on? And there was something that jumped to my mind that I couldn't shake and felt like this is a conversation me and you have had on our respective podcasts <laughs> and in terse responses in Slack. <laughs> and it's time 
to get it all out. Oh, and it's basically the iPad. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, effectively, in a nutshell, for those of you that haven't been following along, or for those of you that may have forgotten, Casey says I hated the iPad. Which you did. I never hated the iPad. I was indifferent. Very angrily indifferent. Again, please point me to this (laughs) anger. Uh, I have been indifferent to the iPad over time. I have gone in kind of uh, flows of it. Of like, this is good. I'm not interested. This is good. I'm not interested. But now I am like full on. I now have multiple iPads that I use every day. I do the majority of my work from iOS. If I, basically, if I'm not recording or editing a show, I'm working on iOS. It is my preferred computing platform. Casey doesn't hate or is not indifferent to the iPad. No, definitely what, not. What he is indifferent to, word in your mouth, is people who work on iPad. <laughs> because they think Casey believes that... It, that it can't be done. Oh, that's not true. But so on. the way that he thinks work can be done on a Mac. That's slightly true. But finish your thought. The more that me and you discuss this, the more I think we actually seem to infuriate each other. <laughs> that's absolutely true. So I think it's time that we actually talk about it because we've never spoken about it like this. No, actually, we haven't, uh, curiously. And I, and I bet part of that is because you're um, you're reneging on your hatred and your newfound love affair mm-hmm. with all of your iPads, with with your with your collection of iPads. That's only now, happened. What it actually is is I love you too much <laughs> to get upset at you. No, I, and I and I feel the same way. Um, I also love me too. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so you know, if you had asked, if we had recorded last week. Or, or certainly two weeks ago, I think this would have been a much different segment than it's going to be tonight. Um, I So I've always really liked my iPads. I, as with so many things over the years, listeners, I poo-pooed the iPad at first. Oh, I don't get the point. I don't remember if I ever said, oh, it's just a big iPod touch, but I wouldn't be surprised if I did. It seems silly. Why would one want one, et cetera, et cetera. And I vividly remember when I changed my mind. And I don't remember specifically why it changed my mind, but I remember taking my parents' iPad. They got an iPad 1 very early. And they were visiting. when This is when they were living up in Connecticut, and they were down in Virginia visiting, and they let me use it. And I was doing my email or looking at my email on the Gmail web app, which Gmail at the time actually gave a crap about the iPad. And so their web app, admittedly not native, but web app was really well done and really responsive back when a time when responsive was still not entirely a thing. And what I mean by that is basically it was formatted for the iPad. And I just remember thinking to myself, holy crap, this is way more awesome than I thought it would be. And fast forward a couple months after that, I ended up buying an iPad 1, then ended up getting an iPad 3, which was the first with Retina, which in many ways was a piece of crap, but I still loved it. Um, Then I got the first Retina Pad Mini. Hi, Steven. Um, And that one I actually got with LTE because I love my iPad so much. I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to only be able to use it where I had Wi-Fi. And at the time I couldn't tether on my phone because AT&T stinks. Um, this time, I or th- th- this Christmas, Aaron got me 
per my begging, a um, an iPad Mini, I guess four, whatever the latest iPad Mini is, uh, also with LTE. Even though I can tether, just because I like having that convenience on my iPad, um, I've always loved my iPad. But to Mike's point, it's very rare that I'm doing anything other than consuming content on it. Now I can produce content. I have written blog posts uh, while hurtling down the road at 60 miles an hour as a passenger um, uh, from my iPad. And in fact, I wrote a blog post on the plane back from Las Vegas a month or so ago um, using my iPad. And I did so even though I thought I had lost my keyboard on the flight out to Vegas when it turned out, I just put it in a different pocket in my bag than I thought it was. So I had to type this out on the uh, on-screen keyboard, which was really annoying, but I wrote it anyway. Um, I've always loved, I've always loved or very, very strongly liked my iPads, but I've always felt that it was a royal pain in the tuchus to do, to create on it, that it was very, very challenging. And it always seemed a complete waste of time to do something on iOS when, when I can accomplish it so much faster on OS 10. A great example of this, which I think, by the way, I was wrong and I was ignorant, but a great example of this was when I left my my last job, I needed to, I forget the details, I talked about it on ADTP, but I needed to like, uh, or I needed to scan something on uh, the scanner at work, email it to myself, then save it to Dropbox, and then open up the PDF, sign the PDF, and do this like multi-step operation, which... I didn't, I convinced myself at the time I wasn't capable of doing without a third party app. I think I was wrong for the record. I think I could have done it um, with iOS as it stands out of the box, but it felt like just so many hurdles to do something that would have taken me 15 seconds on the Mac. And that's what bothers me. Eh, I'm going to say bothers me, but I think that's a bit aggressive. What, What I don't understand and what maybe bothers me is why anyone, Mike, Federico, Fraser Spears, anyone would choose to go through all of these hoops when comparatively speaking, it seems so much faster and so much easier to do the same operations on OS 10. Now I'm going to shut up in two seconds, but the, the ace in the hole that, that ruins my argument is what Federico says, which is he wants to be able to work anywhere even from the seat of a car. And you can do that in a laptop, but with a laptop, but it's much easier to do that with an iPad. And so that I don't really have a particularly good retort for. But when you're sitting at a desk at a coffee shop at, at your home or what have you, it's hard for me to understand why one would choose to go through these hoops to, to accomplish things when you could do it with with fewer applications or with fewer, with less time, just by many definitions of the word easier on OS 10. And that's what I don't understand. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about that, Mike. And then I'd like to tell you some of my new thoughts about the iPad after, after you respond. Going back to the, the, um, the scanning example. I think this is your crowning example, which, but which is a terrible example because as it turns out, I was wrong about it, but carry on. No, but it's not the fact of how you could do it. It's the steps and the conclusion that you made, mm-hmm. which I think is the key point here. Yeah, yeah. The first time you used a Mac, 
let's assume that all the functionality existed and you needed to uh, to sign a PDF. Would you have opened pre- pre- Preview to do that? No, I would have had to Google. Exactly. I, I didn't know a damn thing about what I was doing. Of course you didn't. This is my point, and mm-hmm. this is the point that I think many people are missing right now with this argument of speed and hoops. Hoops is something that people like to talk about a lot. Jumping through hoops, that mm-hmm. is a thing that I hear a lot and Federico heard for a lot longer before me. Oh, yeah, I just said it like 13 times. Yeah, it's a, it is an, a thing that people like to mention. You don't know anything until you learn it. Yeah. Like, that is just a fact of life. And the funny thing is... I have found, and many other people have found, I'm not saying this is right. I don't know if this is right. I'm just saying what I have found, and the many people that I know that are using iOS more and more now, is that the steps that you take to make something happen on iOS, once you learn the paradigms of how iOS works, ends up being more logical. Because typically what you're doing is you are performing an action within an application. So let's say, for example, I can, and I mentioned this earlier on Connected, and I think this is a great example of the way that iOS works. I received an email, which was a Word document, and I was in Outlook, and I pressed a little button called Word, and it opened the Word application with the document in it. I made the changes that I needed to. I pressed the Done button, and then Word threw that document back into Outlook in a reply to the email that it came from. Mm-hmm. so like that is a I didn't know it was going to do that but now I know that it's like well that's a great integration that I didn't know existed before or let's say this PDF example that you, you were talking about right so I would have used um, a PDF scanning app I use PDF Pen Scan Plus to scan it I then would have taken the PDF that it gave me and I would have opened it I would have performed the opening command and gone to uh, PDF Pen where I would have signed it and then I would have used PDF pens in the open uh, open in icon. They have uh, the ability to copy to Dropbox, and I would have shared it to Dropbox. I do this so many times a day, that process takes me like 20 seconds. It's because I know how to do it. Things on iOS are not inherently more difficult to do. They're not slower and they're not harder. You just know how to use a Mac. That's all it is. Because now yeah. I can do... Things like so. If say you give me now a task to complete, which I've never completed before, I would expect that I can probably complete it faster on iOS, because I have now, I believe, even in this short period of time, just a better understanding of how iOS works, like just on a fundamental level. You know, like I don't know how to use terminal, and and I feel like a lot of these things, like you know, so many of my friends are like, I just write a bash script for that or something <laughs> That's you know not I, me, apple but, script yeah. is my friend right yeah. and so i you know i feel like people that understand like the, the language that the mac talks in can get things done quicker than me and i feel like now i understand the language that ios talks in and and i'm able to get my work done quicker that way but there's another part of this quickness debate which is the one that infuriates uh, old school Mac users let's say or maybe a better example is people that are Mac users that are unwilling to switch to the iPad or iOS I actually don't care if it's the most efficient or fastest option 
It's one I enjoy more. And that drives people mad, Casey. And I'm wondering if this is making your blood boil. I don't care if it's faster to use it, to do it on a Mac. I don't care if it takes me twice as long. I prefer to do it on iOS. There are times where I'm doing things on iOS and I'm like, I know I can do this faster on a Mac. I know how to do this faster on a Mac. But I prefer to do it on iOS. Sometimes I'm sitting at the desk with my iMac on, like last night. Oh, God, stop. My iMac was on. I grabbed my iPad. Michael. To respond to some emails and to do some things I needed to do. Michael. Because when I'm doing that work, I am enjoying it more on iOS. I don't care that it's slower. I enjoy it more. How does that make you feel? Uh, Okay. I have many complex thoughts. I know you do. My initial reaction is, are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. My, My initial reaction is... Work is not play. You didn't call it play. You called it work. And all of us have to do work. And for me anyway, I want to get my work done as quickly as possible. I want it done. I want it taken care of. I want it out of the way. I don't have to stress about it. I want it done, done, done. And so to me, the number one metric that I have for where I'm going to get work done is how can I most efficiently complete this operation? For me, more often than not, and to your point a minute ago, because I have so much latent knowledge on computers in general and the Mac in particular, generally speaking, that means I'm I'm going to grab a Mac. I'm going to grab a laptop. I'm going to grab my iMac. Figuratively speaking, I'm going to go to a Mac. I have a problem, though. About a week ago, once I knew this was in in the show notes for this week, but it was unrelated to me thinking about the show. I um I was going somewhere or I, think I was doing something. I don't remember exactly what the specific situation was. However, I thought to myself, man, I should just grab my um my iPad and I'll just grab my magic keyboard from my Mac and I'll use that to work on an email or a blog post. I don't remember what I was doing. And then I thought, oh God, then I'm gonna have to like pair the magic keyboard with the iPad, which isn't impossible. It just takes a minute or two and it's annoying. And then I gotta repair it with the iMac, which is much quicker now thanks to the the lightning on the magic keyboard. But it's just that the whole dance I don't really want to do. You know, maybe I should just get another magic keyboard. So I have one that just lives for the iPad. Oh my god, what am I thinking? Why on God's green earth would I buy a $100 keyboard just for this iPad? What is wrong with me? Oh, my God. Mike is getting into my brain. What is happening? And so it made me think. It made me think, you know what? There are times that efficiency isn't the number one metric after all. That portability may be, like Federico often talks about. And, And as I said a moment ago, he's right to talk about it. And sometimes... Sometimes, Mike, sometimes I just want to use my iPad instead. Because it's more fun. Eh, sometimes. Sometimes. It the depends Mac on what sucks. I'm doing. It's oh, old. stop, stop. It's Let's not old. take it too far. Let's, it's crap. Let's not take it too far. But, but this is why I was saying um, earlier in the segment, I think this conversation would have gone very differently about a week ago. Because... I think I've come around... Well, a few things have happened. One, I'm trying very hard not to 
I, I've been trying very hard not to sh on the things that people like. I think all of us do that too much, myself very much included. Oh, you shouldn't do that. That's stupid. And I haven't listened to this week's ATP, but still in last week's ATP, you were annoying me, so... Was I? I can't remember what you were saying. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Usually, it's, see, th- this is the thing, right? So this this is the problem that I see, and, and so many people are uh, do this in regards to, to iOS. They, they don't even realize they're saying it. Like It's just like an offhand comment of some description, you know, which it might be like those people that use an iPad <laughs> to get their work done. Those crazies. Yeah, and it's like just this weird, like offhand like shrugging away remark of like the the crazy person who uses ios because why would they use ios and this there is this is far too often used now but i think for a good reason is this is the debate for the gooey yeah This, this is what that was this is uh windows and mac again Right, like, and I, I see that there are definite links to that. Right, there, there are slight differences with, with a lot of those um, arguments, but it is, and I genuinely believe that that basically, that where we are right now is just another point in computing. I actually don't think the iPad is the future of computing, but I think the future of computing is closer to being the iPad than it is the Mac. I can understand that. That's that's how I feel. And I, the thing that I know is driving you even more crazy right now is my two iPads. No, 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 we're not there yet. Hold on. We're going to get All there. All right, okay, we're gonna get okay. There. So to, to come back to what I was saying a second ago, yeah, I've been trying very hard not, not to, not to sh** on what people like. And there's one exception, of course, and it's pronounced gif and that is the only way it should be and anyone who says otherwise is wrong but anyway yeah i agree with that one (laughs) amen brother so outside of that i'm trying not to not to make fun of people for what they like i'm not doing a great job i'm not saying i'm perfect i'm just saying i'm trying to get better about that and so combined that that thought of let's not let's not rain on other people's parade let people like what they like and on top of that, this realization that there are occasions, admittedly few and far between, but there are occasions where I'd rather use an iPad than a Mac. And I think part of that is because I now have a work laptop and a personal desktop. Um, and my work laptop, as comp- in different, this is different than prior jobs. My work laptop has some weird and annoying things that the the security department does. They're not egregious, but they're annoying. And so I don't particularly like using it if I don't have to, except for work. And so that's having me turn to my iPad more than I ever have before. And so I'm starting to understand to a small degree why someone would turn to the iPad. Enough that I, for a fleeting moment, thought to myself, maybe I should just buy this $100, another $100 Magic Keyboard to, to just leave paired with the, with the iPad. Interesting. I'll tell you why this is interesting to me. Because your opinion on ATP, your kind of overriding opinion that you've had recently is very out of character for you. How so? Usually on ATP, of the three of you, you are the most open mm-hmm. to to change or to other opinions. I, I feel like of the three of you, I would have expected that Marco would be the one who would be less understanding of this. But that's not the case. 
Um, and you know, John John will will typically look at things at all sides, but will still tend to cast an opinion. And his opinion still isn't as strong against this stuff as as yours is. And that's very interesting to me that in regards to like the the way that this conversation has gone in the past, although thankfully you seem to be changing your mind now, which is great and is a win for all of the iPad loving kind out there. Um, it is interesting to me that you have been the one that has been most closed off to this debate so far. And I, I think that's fair. And I think the reason for that is it has felt like, and to be clear, I am not saying this is accurate. This is just my perception, but it has felt like some iPad users have gotten it in their brain that they should just throw their Macs in the trash and never use them again doesn't matter how challenging the iPad is. This is the new hotness. The iMac is old and busted. Or not the iMac, just Macs in general are old and busted. I'm going to use the, the iPad. Even if it's even if it's impossibly difficult to accomplish what I want to accomplish, well, damn it, I'm still using the, the iPad. I, I understand in my brain that that's not reality, but that's how it's felt in my heart. Mm-hmm. And that just frustrates the crap out of me. But as you've alluded to and as we've both said so far tonight, I'm coming around to the idea that there are absolutely advantages to using iOS, especially on a device. Like I only have my iPad mini and granted it's a brand new iPad mini, but it doesn't do multitasking as well as either the iPad pros do. And I can fathom how they would be extremely well suited to do work on. I still think that there are times that, that, There are many hurdles that have to be jumped in order to get things done that I think is a bit egregious, but other people don't, and that's okay. And to me, a hurdle is like, well, I need 13 different, figuratively speaking, 13 different third-party apps in order to complete one operation. Like, that just seems kooky to me. But that's me. That's that's, not ever a thing that happens, but yeah. Well, but, okay, a handful of third-party apps. A handful, yeah. And and to me, that's kooky, but that doesn't mean I'm right. And so I'm different. It's different. You're right. But what's my different, or excuse me, what to to me is kooky is to you different. And I'm not saying I'm right about this, and I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just, So I used to think that Federico used to go to lengths that were too much. And a couple of things have happened. Like, one iOS has gotten more friendly to to doing more serious tasks on it. And, and multitasking, split screen, is definitely one of those things. It's made massive differences. The iPad Pro has probably made the biggest difference because multitasking on the 9.7 is is still not... It, it wouldn't have made the change in me that the, the multitasking on the 12.9 did. And it's just because of the amount of screen real estate that you have available mm-hmm. and the fact that the resolution is different, right? So you actually, not only is the screen bigger, more of the app is on the screen. Um, but I, it really is, though, the, the key thing is, whilst it seems like some people may be going to lengths that are way further than they need to, like, for example, Fraser Spears, he records and edits podcasts completely on iOS. And... Even to me, that is like tricky, and it's like you're really going for it. I'm starting to understand it more because why would you use a computer you don't like? Like, why would you do that? It's like I don't use Windows for the same reason. Yeah, I can understand that. If there was a task that was easier to complete on Windows, 
I would get a virtual machine. That's an annoyingly good analogy. And and that's where like people are starting to to they're they're doing things that are kind of stretching iOS past where it's comfortable to be right now, but it's purely because it's the machine that they love to use and that is where I am with this, which is what I think will bring us neatly on to two iPads. Although, actually, before we get to two iPads, should we take a break? Yes, and then I, I have a couple of thoughts, then let's talk about two iPads. This week's episode is brought to you also by the lovely folk over at IT Pro TV. Do you have a career plan set in motion? Whether you're looking to start a career in IT or already working in the field, certifications and credentials are the key to getting that job or promotion. And IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement. And they do this with up-to-date, high-quality video content and access to the most important tools that you need for certification. IT Pro TV includes over 1,000 hours of course content with 50 hours being added every single week. You'll be able to watch them wherever you want, whenever you want. You can watch on your PC or iOS or Android devices. You can watch on your Mac. You can watch on your Chromecast. You can watch on your Roku, your Amazon Fire TV and 4th Gen Apple TV. No matter what it is that you want to watch, you can watch it wherever you want to watch it. Course topics include Microsoft Technology Certification ethical hacking aws cloud plus and active directory in azure cisco asa express security with todd lamley uh, maybe you want to learn server support for os 10 windows and linux no matter what it is it pro tv has got it they back it all up with their fantastic step-by-step uh, -step virtual machine labs so you can try out this stuff that you're learning as well you they also have transcender practice exams all built in to it pro tv these things would usually cost you over 109 dollars all of their courses are transcribed this is the ongoing resource that you're going to need to keep your skills current or to help you learn this is going to be so much better than if you maybe try and do some kind of boot camp and it's cheaper than that as well because you're able to build on your skills learn with the community of people that are learning with you you can watch all this stuff live you can watch it all after the fact it really is fantastic it's all personality driven content like podcasts that you're used to listening to they go really in depth but they have just great production it really is just superb Premium subscriptions are usually $57 a month or $570 per year. But we have a special offer for listeners of this show. Go to itpro.tv slash analog and you can try it out for free for seven days when you use the code analog30 at checkout. So you can go there, you can look at their courses, their live stream and more. Use that code, go to itpro.tv slash analog and you will get a lovely 30% off the lifetime of your account as well when you use that code. So not only will you be able to try it out for free for seven days, you'll get 30% off the lifetime of your account. That makes it less than $40 per month or $3.99 for the year. It's time to upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Thank you so much to IT Pro TV for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so I want to go back to what you said right before the sponsor read. You had said something along the lines of if you really needed to get something done in Windows, you'd put a VM on your computer. Mm -hmm. or, 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 if possible, your iPad. That is a frustratingly good analogy or, or a frustratingly good way to think about things because I really, really 
hate windows a lot. And I would jump through innumerable hoops to not have to put a Windows VM on my iMac because I really hate Windows. <laughs> I'm not saying you hate OS X, but I can fathom how this exact feeling could translate for you. I just don't enjoy OS X anymore. I'm not sure I ever really enjoyed using OS X, in all honesty. Um, like, I used OS X because... I was the computer I needed to get my stuff done, but I don't know if I actually enjoyed using it. I don't think that it is impossible to enjoy it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I I don't think that you can have one and not... Like, I don't think it's like a one or the other type scenario. Sure. But I just don't really get any joy out of using it. Like, it just doesn't tickle my fancy anymore. Yeah, yeah, and... I don't know. I can understand that because I used to like Windows and now I hate it. And I don't know. It's funny because I do enjoy using OS ten. Like just earlier today, I was flying around doing several things at once and, and I felt like I was just really just firing on all cylinders. And I thought to myself, damn, I'm fast at this stuff. And not to say that I'm like, you know, remarkable in any way, but I just, you know, it was one of those moments where everything was clicking and I just loved it. And, um, and yeah, I can I can see how maybe you don't feel that way. And, and maybe you do feel that way about iOS. You know what I love? When I work out how to solve a new problem. Yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. Uh, sort of, kind of, speaking of, um, Matt from the chat asked, right as we were going into that sponsor read, a really good question, which I, I'd like to ask you. Uh, he said, if Mike was still at the bank, would you would he be able to work on iOS quite as much? No, I couldn't have even worked on OS ten Because of? Security restrictions or what have you? The, the Just the corporate network. To use OS ten, and whenever I did use my Mac at home or whatever, I had to do my work 100% inside of a VM. Mm-hmm. Now, and, let's, let's assume for a second that that all you had... Well, let's assume for a second that like network security didn't prevent you from doing your work. You know, so you could do your work however you wanted, and I, I don't want to assume what you did day to day but you know you can write your emails in whatever app you'd like you can as long as you can produce word documents and powerpoints slide decks and whatnot it doesn't matter if you do that on an ipad on a mac etc if it wasn't for information security could you have i would have been 100 percent ios yeah if i was a writer not a podcaster i would be 100 percent ios interesting hmm. fair enough all right um so I like to think that I'm coming around. I'd like to think that I'm going to and have already started or, or have gotten better about letting you like what you like and do what you want to do. Um, if you want to use iOS all the time, I don't have to understand that. And that's okay. What the hell is wrong with you? Why does any human being need more than one iPad? I've heard Cortex. I have not heard connected, but I have heard Cortex. All right. How what many Macs hell? do you own? Really own or kind of own? How many Macs do you use? On a regular basis, two. What are they? One desktop and one laptop. Where does the laptop get used? Almost exclusively at work. It is. It, it, it does happen that I use it at home, but it is very rarely. It could. I could have an iMac at work, and it would definitely stink from time to time, but generally speaking, it would be okay. 
What computers do you use at home? 99.9% of the time, only my iMac. There are rare occasions I will grab Aaron's iPad Air and rare occasions I would I will grab my work computer. But what what when does your mini get used? Oh, I don't consider that a computer. And I'm not trying I to be could. funny. I'm not trying to be funny. I, I hand on heart. I I'm not trying to be snarky. I'm not trying to be funny. It just that didn't even cross my mind. I genuinely asked you that question because I expected that would be your answer, but which was just to trick you. <laughs> but you use I use an mini iPad. Constantly. Oh, constantly. You use an iPad and your Mac Mini, uh, your Mac Mini, your iMac all the time. That right? is correct. That is correct. All right. That's why I have two iPads. Okay, so half of me, half of me is like, okay, we're done. Good talk. That makes sense. The other half of me, however, which is the half that's that's yeah. a little punchier at the moment, what the hell are you talking about? They're the same right. freaking device. Well, like, here's the thing, right? So people like Federico don't understand this either. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you, you're not on your own in this scenario, but I just started to think about the devices that I own and what I use them for. And the more that I started thinking about this, the more that I realized how I have always been a multiple device person. I would usually have a Mac on the desktop, I would have a laptop, and I would have an iPad that I might use. Mm-hmm. And before the iPad Pro came into my life, I was using my uh, iPad Air 2 increasingly. Um, iOS 9 really did a lot. You know, picture-in-picture, picture, uh, split view, and, and all that stuff really did make the iPad a more of an attractive thing for me to do more stuff on. I wasn't really doing as much work on it, but I was doing more stuff on it, right? It, it was the gateway drug. Um, that led to to me going all in with the iPad Pro, the the twelve point nine. Started thinking about it more and more, and I was like, I love my twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, uh, but there are things that could be different, right? So it's big, and it's not all. And what I'm doing doesn't always need the amount of screen size that it provides, and sometimes it can be cumbersome or uncomfortable to do something like reading Twitter. It's just not as simple to read Twitter on a screen that is 13 inches, whether it's vertical or horizontal when you're holding it. Like it just, you know, you can do it and I still do it and was fine with it, but it wasn't as comfortable as it could have been. And then I started thinking like, you know, it's it's first world problems, right? But I was thinking, well, could there be... like, why would I want another iPad, right? Like, what, what? how does that make any sense? And then I started thinking more about the fact that nobody questions someone who owns a laptop and a desktop. Like, that is not a question that comes up in our circles. Yeah, but it's it doesn't. different. It doesn't. It's it different, doesn't. though. Well, I don't think it is, but we'll come back to why you think it might be in a moment. Mm-hmm. But people don't think that it's weird. That's so, fair. And one of the things that people would say, and one of the things that I would assume that you're going to say is, well, Mike, you can take your iPad anywhere you want, really. Like, you can't do that to an iMac. Like, no matter what those pictures that you see on Facebook of people inside of coffee shops do, nobody <laughs> picks up their iMac and takes it somewhere. And I understand that, but it's not so much 
the idea of the being able to physically move the device. It's also part of the mode shifting that, that me and Gray have been talking a lot about recently and I've been thinking more about of where does work get done and where do tasks get performed. And what I ended up realizing and what is kind of coming to pass for me now that I have two iPads is that I'm doing a lot more consumption on the 9.7 where it's more comfortable and then getting my real work done on the 12.9 where you can take advantage of the screen size and the increased power. and But mainly it is about me knowing that like when I'm done goofing around in the morning and reading Twitter and reading feeds and that kind of stuff, that I will then pick up the 12.9-inch iPad and get to work for the day. I guess the problem I have with this is in in my scenario, one of them I think it is it, it you can't just wave your hand at the fact that one of them is a desktop that does not move and one device, be that a laptop or be it an iPad, is a device that is mobile and can move wherever I need it to. You would have had a better time with this argument when I had a work computer that was effectively my only computer, which was a laptop. And yet I still constantly used my iPad because to your point a moment ago, it was just more comfortable. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around the difference between a 10 inch and a 13 inch iPad being significant enough to justify from, from a comfort perspective to justify two different devices. It seems to me like, why wouldn't you just, roll with what you got. Like it's like, I don't, there are times that I need to haul things in my car. I don't own a pickup. I don't even have a desire to own like a crappy old pickup that I use from time to time. And I just have a car and I make it work. I don't buy a second car just because it would be marginally more convenient to have mm -hmm. a different kind of car. Yeah. But if cars cost $900, you might. Oh, no, sir. If, but uh, you I understand your point, but $900 is still a shed load of money, but I understand mm -hmm. your point. Um, it, it may, I understand that what I'm doing is, is weird. Like it is not normal. And I actually don't recommend this for most people. I think that it, people that really love the iPad and use it a lot and use the 12.9 inch should consider it. I think it's something worth considering, but I don't recommend this as much as I would recommend buying a 12.9 inch iPad to anybody that uses a laptop. Yeah. That I like unequivocally say you should try the 12.9 inch iPad seriously because it is the best computer I have ever used. Um, I think that it is a marvel. Uh, and again, I say these things seriously, but also enjoy it how much they make so many people's blood boil. <laughs> well, that's, and so the thing of it is to, to hopefully put a, a bow on the end of this, and I'll give you a chance to reply before we move on. Um, I can, after hearing your description and thinking about it a, a little more, and in the Casey doesn't poop on everyone's parade uh, theme of, of this episode, I can understand wanting something that's a little bit more comfortable for consumption and wanting something that's a little better equipped for production or creation that okay i still think it's a bit excessive but i can get behind it and you know what if you want to spend your money that way power to you your in grays especially grays uh, I'm going to use the word obsession, although I think that's also a bit aggressive your obsession with having one iPad for work, 
where there is nothing available to you but work-related things. Yeah, there is I'm no Twitter. There's I'm no Twitter. Far. There is no web browser. Yeah. Like, and, and then having one that is the, the consumption device and the fun device, that to me is just ridiculous. Now, with that said, you know, my, they're, they're, well, to back up a step, the reason I think it's ridiculous is just don't freaking open Twitter if you're working. Like, if it's really that big of a problem just don't open twitter man you don't need a whole other friggin ipad for this however however i don't have a lot of self-control and there are people that have less self-control than i do and i should be more um uh more receptive to people who were who are trying to solve this problem in different ways even if i think they're a little bit crazy I can understand, in summary, wanting two different devices because because of the physical comfort. I have a really, really hard time understanding having two different devices because uh, because you're trying to prevent yourself from being distracted. That just seems silly to me. But but I don't do the distraction thing. Um, but I am what I'm trying to do is to basically make it feel like when I'm using one or the other. I'm in a different mental space. Yeah. But so what Gray does, I don't want to do. I I don't think it would work for me. Uh, But I know and can see why it works for him. Um, And as somebody who works with Gray, I have noticed his productivity increase since he started to really be more serious about this. Uh, So I know it works for him. Mm -hmm. So more power to him and there is one one thing on that the the idea of the trying to to find ways to force yourself to be productive i mean i don't know how this works in the consulting world but i think when your money is made on the amount of work that you do and in that the only time that i make money is when i'm working it changes the way that you think about distraction. Yeah. So like, it's the same with me and gray, right? We are only making money when the work is getting done. Like if we're slacking, we're slacking, but that means money's not getting generated. Yeah. And I I understand that. I don't know. It just seems or new money anyway. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah. long tails and there's yeah, yeah, smaller yeah. amounts, but like the real money comes when the work's getting done. It just, it seems like, especially in gray's case, and I think the problem I have with Gray is because he's so different from me and it's hard for me to understand and it's hard for me to put myself why in his Why Cortex shoes. exists because the way that he works is so fundamentally different to the way yeah. that most people work. Yeah, and and, th- and I, that's why I enjoy it. But at the same time, I I more often than not, I rage listen to Cortex and that doesn't usually have to do with you. Um, I, it's, <laughs> I think there's quite a lot of people that, that do and I think that's what makes it compelling listening. Yeah, I guess it's just it's so hard for me to to look at a grown ass man and see that he is so in control of everything, but can't handle having a friggin' Twitter client on his iPad. Like it just it it does not. That's the control, though. I guess I don't know. It's just so. It's not about what you can and can't handle. Like I think you're mixing that up there. That is it's one hundred percent making things within your control. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, it's just weird. But anyway, but in summary, you like what you want to like. I'm going to try to stop poo-pooing on it. And I, at, with time, I am understanding more and more, maybe not why 
you like iOS so much, but I can understand in, in a general way how you could. And I'm going to try not to be a jerk about it. 